0: Hello, people, welcome to episode eight of Tiff's monthly movie loot, still on lockdown. Mm-hmm. and I hope everybody out there listening is safe and healthy and enjoying the podcast. Now that April started, a new challenge began, so we'll be talking about the first films I've seen during the last weeks in order to complete my monthly movie challenge. So let's get on with it. A film from the 1930s. For this category I chose 1933's The Invisible Man. The film follows Jack Griffin, played by Claude Rains, a chemist that has found the formula for invisibility, but his inability to reverse the process pushes him into violence and insanity. This is one I've been meaning to watch for a while, and I'm glad it was worth the wait. This was a truly entertaining and well-made film, with a lot of things that, in my opinion, sets it apart from other similar films of the time. First. Uh, The film doesn't unfold like a typical monster horror film. There really is no origin story other than what some characters share about what happened. Instead, we are thrown right in the middle of everything, following the lead character who is the quote-unquote bad guy. And that is the second thing I appreciated. There are no traditional heroes, at least not in the sense that we might expect. The guy we are following can be seen as a madman and although I think the term fits, both the script and Reigns manage to get the most out of what can only be described as a challenging performance. Reigns, who is only barely seen once, uses his voice to convey the insanity, the craziness, and the vulnerability of Griffin to varying degrees. A third thing I like from it is how dark and bleak it is, as the bad guy Griffin manages to get away with several really horrifying deeds, which again is quite notable considering he's the lead character. One final, the plus the film has is how short it is, just barely over an hour, which makes for a quick viewing that may left you wanting for more, which is good. I do think that the ending feels a bit anticlimactic, and I also think Gloria Stewart's performance as Griffin's fiancé wasn't the best, but those are just minor complaints. I enjoyed this one a lot. A film from the 1001 movies you must see before you die list whose ranking includes the number 4. For this category, I chose The Graduate, which sits at number 457 on the 1001 list. This is yet another one I had been meaning to watch for a long time. The film follows Benjamin Braddock, played by Dustin Hoffman, a college graduate that is struggling to find a proper goal in his life, and ends up in a relationship with Mrs. Robinson, played by Anne Bancroft an older woman that also happens to be the wife of his father's law partner. Eventually, he falls for Elaine, Mrs. Robinson's daughter, played by Catherine Ross. First, uh, I was expecting something a bit more on the light side, but I was surprised by how heavy its themes of alienation, freedom, the nature of relationships, love, and marriage are, but without feeling heavy in a bad sense or losing the comedy edge. I mean, the film is not knee-slap funny, but it is funny. All three leads are excellent, but Hoffman in particular is great. I also thought Mike Nichols direction was great. I love his use of long shots and close ups, focus and zooms. I think it worked perfectly. There's a scene in particular that stuck with me which is when Elaine finds out about Benjamin's affair with his mother where the camera focus goes from Bancroft's face to Ross and Nichols takes a while to establish that focus on her face to symbolize how what happened is entering into focus in her mind. It was a simple but great shot. My main complaint is that I feel the way Elaine enters the story halfway through the film and how her relationship with Benjamin falls are a bit abrupt. Fortunately, both Hoffman and Ross said it really well, and once that settles, the whole second half is superb. This is another I love quite a bit. A film with Marlon Brando. This is a category I chose because Brando was born on April 3, and although there are many films of his I have seen, I ended up settling for a rewatch of 1978 Superman. Now, this is a film I hadn't seen in probably 25 years, but if you would have asked me a week ago what is my favorite comic book film, I still might have said Superman. He's always been my favorite superhero, and I've always had fond memories of watching the Reeves films a lot when I was a kid. But well, for some reason, I hadn't revisited them in a while, so I was approaching it with a bit of nostalgia, but also a bit of dread of how well or not it might fare now. Maybe it was the nostalgia or maybe it is really a great film, but the truth is that after watching it, I can say I loved almost everything about it. From the rather dark opening in Krypton to the charming earnestness of Christopher Reeve's dual performance, I have to admit I got goosebumps when we see Superman flying out of the Fortress of Solitude for the first time. To me, this is what superhero films can be. Admittedly, Each film is separate and different, but they don't all need the gritty dark treatment. There is a certain something in the way Superman carries himself that I find so endearing and as of 2020 refreshing. There is little complexity to a character whose sole purpose is to do good and Reeve's performance is excellent. Brando also adds a lot of gravitas and seriousness to the film that I think helps balance the more comedic aspects of the second act which is where the film's most notable flaws come to the surface. Although Gene Hackman is fun and hammy as Lex Luthor the truth is that his plan is to put it Mali is silly, and the whole Otis and Tess show borders on too much. Still, there's so much to love here that I can't complain. This is still my favorite comic book film. A Biblical Film This category is obviously because of Easter, and for it, I saw 1998's The Prince of Egypt. This is yet another one that I hadn't seen since its release. The film follows the biblical story of Moses, voiced by Baal Kilmer, the Hebrew that grew up in Egypt, raised by Pharaoh at a time when Hebrews were enslaved. When he finds out about his past, he flees, only to come back later, to demand the new Pharaoh, who is his brother or half-brother, voiced by Ralph Fiennes, to let his people go. I remember liking this one a lot back in the day, so it was another pleasant surprise to see how well it held up. I love the changes made to the story in terms of the relationship between Moses and Pharaoh, although as someone who studied the Bible back in the day, I wish they would have fleshed out Aaron more and how Moses' doubts and insecurities played into the story. Still, I understand the writer's desire to focus on this brother relationship instead. The boys' talent from everyone is great. The cast is great. You have Kilmer and Fiennes, but also Jeff Goldblum, Sandra Bullock, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny Glover, Patrick Stewart, and many more. Most of the songs are also quite memorable with playing with the big boys being the highlight to me. The animation is gorgeous and the direction is great. I saw it with the kids and although the story was perhaps a bit too complex for them to understand, I think they still liked it, but I really enjoyed rewatching watching this as well. A road trip film. I chose this category for Read a Roadmap Day, celebrated on April 5th. I saw Abominable, the 2019 animated film. Before I comment on the film, I have to ask, what is it with Hollywood and Sasquatch Jetty films lately? It's like there have been a handful in the last two or three years. But anyway, this one follows G, voiced by Chloe Bennett, an introverted teenager that sets out to help a yeti who escaped from a research facility to return to the Himalayas. She is joined in her journey by Peng, a younger friend of her, and Jean, who is Peng's cousin. This was obviously another choice for the kids, but I thought the film was simple but good fun. The film does fall into some cliches, and there is not a lot of depth to the story, but the animation is great and the story is funny. Not much else to say about it. It's good. A freebie. After watching five films in the first week or so, I thought I was done, but seeing Parasite finally available on Hulu was too hard to resist, and considering I had a couple of choices that were more geared toward the kids, I thought I'd treat myself. It's been a couple of days already, and I think I'm still processing it. The film follows a struggling, poor family that finds numerous ways to con a wealthy family into employing them as tutors, drivers, and housekeepers. For anyone that hasn't seen this, I think the less you know the better, the film is not entirely reliant on twists, but I think that the way the plot unfolds is part of what makes it work. Director and co-writer Bong Joon-ho does an excellent job of highlighting class inequality and social divisions while using his usual mishmash of genres and tones. The film is far from subtle, but here the shift in tones isn't as jarring as, say, The Host or Memories of Murder. I think it is rather more fluid and cohesive, with the film moving from comedy to tragedy in a very seamless way. I also loved how it refuses to put the characters into easily defined boxes, forcing us to explore how we feel about each side. The film is also visually striking, and Bong's use of perspective, distance, light, and darkness is impressive. All of the performances are great, but the standout is easily Bong's bestie Song Kang-ho, who plays the father of the family. The way this man handles so many emotions and reactions in one single character is impressive. From laugh-out-loud funny to bleak and tragic, I really loved it, and fully recommend it. Alright, so that was all my movie loot so far for April. With the slight exception of Abominable, it's been one of the best loots I've had in a while with all of the films I saw being pretty great. Let's see if I can keep it up for the rest of the month. The categories I still have pending are a film with the number 4 in its title, any film that starts with the letters G or H, a drama film, a film based on a poem, a film featuring zoo or animals prominently, a film with the word brother or sister in its title, a film mostly set in a submarine, a film about the environment or related themes, a film with the word tree in its title, and a film from Ireland. As usual, feel free to look me up on Twitter or Letterboxd and tell me your recommendations for those categories. Also, any comment, question, suggestion, or recommendation about the films I discussed or the podcast itself, you can contact me via Twitter, T H I E F C G T, or on Letterboxd as steve 12 So that's all for episode 8 of TIF's monthly movie loot on lockdown. If you like the podcast, spread the word, share the link, and tell others to listen. Have a nice week, stay safe, stay home. That's how Austrians say goodbye. This is how we say goodbye in Germany, Doctor Jones. I like the Austrian way better. So did I.